0: Oh my mia. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy, policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Owen. Here at the palatial Renew Missouri Studios, joined, uh, you know, you're not even almost my guest at this point. I've had you on several times, Tim Opitz, General Counsel for Renew Missouri. Thanks for uh, leaving, like, your real work to do this.
1: (laughs) As long as the check's clear, that's all I have. All right, well, we're we're, (laughs) we're
0: working on that. Um, And also, brand new to the podcast, Danielle Wilson. Actually, I, I guess you were on the last one. I was in your in your apprenticeship. Yes. Uh, but now you are flying solo, producing this. Yes, I'm the head producer now. So. Uh, yeah, I mean it's quite a it's quite a promotion. I, I'm a I'm a good boss to do that. All right, so. Um, we're here. This is, uh, we're kind of, got some new news that we want to talk about. Uh, we've, we've had this come up before in some other podcasts. Uh, most notably, we did a recording on the Pay As You Save program with Mark Casey, who was a witness in this case. Yesterday, the Public Service Commission came down with an order in regards to Kansas City Power and Light, or as we call them now, Evergy. <laughs> They're a new company. We'll go back a little bit there. kcp uh, was a utility company on the western side of the state. They merged with Westar Energy in Topeka, Kansas. And now they are Evergy. Which, by the way, if you ever uh, have to write something where you have to write that name a lot, boy, you never get word to correct that. <laughs> it always says it's wrong. And they always try to make it change to energy. Okay, so there was a Mia filing... And Tim, I wanna get into this a little bit. We wanna talk a little bit about not only what was ordered yesterday, but we wanna talk about Mia in general just because it is one of these really complicated statutes that takes us a while to explain this to people. Like when when we got news of this yesterday, and it was very exciting news about this order, and I was trying to explain it to people, it literally took me like 10 minutes just to get to the part I was excited about. So we're gonna drag that out even further for this. Mia, tell the audience in a nutshell what Mia is. MIA is a law passed in two thousand and nine, um,
1: which is the Missouri Energy Efficiency Investment Act. Yes. Right? Very good. And one thing to note is MIA is voluntary for our utility, our electric utilities yes. to participate in. All right. Uh,
0: yeah, not co-ops or municipalities. This is just for the privately owned electric companies like Ameren, like Evergy, like Empire. That's right. Or Liberty, or whatever we're calling it.
1: Sort of a policy to encourage energy efficiency. And right. it said uh, that we want to value demand side investment, mm-hmm. uh, which would be energy efficiency products, uh, yep. like on the demand side of your meter, right? Equal to traditional investments in supply and infrastructure, right? Uh, which would be hopefully wind turbines or solar yeah. panels, hopefully.
0: But at the time, it was gas plants or gas it, plants. it could be coal plants. Okay, yeah. So in, in and basi- and at that time too, they were talking about like uh, changing the law to make it easier to build nuclear power plants. 2009. I didn't really follow that, but I think that's right. That's accurate. <laughs> We're actually going to have a guest on in a couple of weeks that's going to talk about that particular law as well. So that'll be interesting. So yeah, so basically the idea is, okay, so under the law, if you're a privately owned utility company, you get a rate of return when you build any kind of capital project, like if you build a plant or you build something. That Substation. Substations transmission lines to the extent they own the transmission lines to the extent they own them that's right so this is saying okay if utility company if you put money into energy efficiency we will give you a rate of return on that so you are making an investment in energy efficiency
1: yeah so it the mia statute provides that they'll recover the cost yeah that they can recover some version of lost revenues we call that their throughput disincentive yeah mechanism now and then they can get a Earnings opportunity. Yeah. And that's really what you're getting at with the return on the investment. That's what
0: I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, again, when we say demand side, we're talking about, we're talking about like, for lack of a better term, hardware and equipment that goes into making your home or your small business more energy efficient.
1: Yeah. It could be light bulbs. It could be insulation. It could be a new HVAC. It could be energy efficient. I think there's some rebates for appliances. Yeah. Thermostats.
0: Because one of the things that, we have to always correct around here, is some people want to say when you turn off your lights, uh, when you leave a room, that's energy efficiency. But that's really conservation. That's right. That's that's conservation. Conservation is putting on a sweater.
1: Yes. Um, Energy efficiency is a new furnace that uses less power to provide the
0: same level of comfort. So we want to make sure that we're precise with these terms, and that's what we're talking about. So that's what energy efficiency is. So, okay, so since this law got put into effect, the uh, legislature passed it, Governor Nixon signed it. The Public Service Commission adopted a bunch of rules and regulations to go along with it. There have been, I think, what was approved yesterday, we call it Cycle 3. That's basically a third iteration of their energy efficiency port- we- portfolio suite. I've, I've seen them say there's a suite of energy efficiency uh, S- program.
1: programs. Yeah.
0: So, this was, so what was approved yesterday was Cycle 3. And these are supposed to go for a certain period of time. Now it's important that we got this done yesterday because cycle two was supposed to end in a couple weeks. It was supposed to end on December thirty first, and that was by extension that we all had to agree. Right. To, right.
1: Initially, it was supposed to end. I think it was April of this year. April of nineteen and. The company had a pending application. Parties realized that it would take us longer than that to work the case out and try and settle it. So everybody yeah. agreed to extend the program. Right. Basically adding a almost an entire year, nine months or so, onto yeah. the program.
0: So, yeah, because, I mean, this cycle three got filed. I want to say it was like, was it last fall in 18? Fall of 18? I can tell you the... Sorry. The, uh, you had papers there. I, I thought papers, that might be but... on there. <laughs>
1: On November uh, <laughs> November twenty they filed their application of when? November 29th of twenty eighteen. That's fall. It was fall. Yeah. Okay,
0: I okay knew, but but here's the thing: particular filing well before that. Like, I mean, one of the things that the utilities do is they talk to the people who have been you know parties in previous cases. That would be Renew Missouri. That would be uh, regulators at the Public Service Commission staff, OPC. All these other groups that are involved with us and kind of say like well here's what we're thinking here's what we're going to do we had meetings
1: right we have before that part of that is our involvement as i think we call them the ds mag groups demand side management advisory groups all of the utilities with mia or demand side programs ds mag a fantastic dj (laughs) sorry uh (laughs) they have quarterly meetings you like that one danielle no okay give updates (laughs) on their their progress on what they've done the prior quarter these are given a
0: budget, and they're supposed to be spending that on specific things. And we're kind of just checking in to make sure all it's being done on a timetable that's kind of that you know is kind of based on these cycles, right? Yeah. So it feels like we've been dealing with this case forever. <laughs> Earlier in this year, where we all were very actively trying to resolve this case, trying to settle it, trying to get a uh, stipulation agreement, and it didn't work. And so I think we suspended. So yeah, this
1: this case has been going on for a long time, probably longer than any other, well, other than the Grain Belt cases. Yeah. But because like in the right case, you have a statutory time frame you've got to yeah. complete the case within. Whereas this, we went over a year before we yeah. got the order now. So. Yeah. So if this
0: got filed on November 29th of 2018, we're sitting here, uh, we're recording this on December 12th. This was ordered yesterday on the 11th. So yeah, so it's been a while. But I think you know there was an effort to try to get this resolved, and I think because here's the thing, Amron had also come in with their cycle three, and we just got that. Did we get that settled this summer? That was in the spring. That was in the spring. Right. That was all the drugs I'm taking are making my uh, are making my memory fuzzy. I'm just kidding. I don't do drugs. Don't and, do drugs, guys. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the. You so you're saying it was the spring. I could have swore it was the summer that we got this resolved. For Amaran, I believe yeah. it was. I believe it was. Okay, we say. Well, summer late starts. Late spring. <laughs> summer
1: starts on June 21st. Isn't that right? Uh
0: yes. So it was definitely. Meteorologist Tim. It was definitely
1: prior to that.
0: Okay, it was. I would. I thought it was in June, but anyway, it doesn't matter. They got a. It was not. They they started out with a very aggressive, very long-reaching uh, proposal that got it got kind of narrowed down. We were very much in support of Amron's Initial filing. I think they wanted to do six-year cycles instead of three. We like that. It was a real big budget. We like that, too. A lot of stuff in there for low-income programs. But it got parred down, and that got approved. And I think, ultimately, kcp l or Evergy or whatever you want to call them, they were looking to get something very similar to what Ameren received safe to say that's right i mean i I don't even think that's like i don't even think that's speculation because i think they even said that during the hearing they're like well we just were kind of looking at what amarin got and that's what we're basing our proposal on
1: well so there they had made a filing in the amarin case sort of talking about you know what their positions were and how they viewed mia so i think that there was some recognition by kcpl at the time now evergy that they would probably modify their application based on how Ameren turned out.
0: Right, that's right. Because I mean, so like, right, because right now KCP&L, now Evergy, and Ameren are the only two electric uh, investor-owned utilities in the state taking advantage of MIA. Liberty, I think, at some point had filed something. They uh, it didn't get it didn't get approved or something like that. I think they're going to be Trump coming back with it with a MIA
1: in their. Pending rate case, they've mentioned in testimony that they intend to file a right. MIA application. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I mean, so but right now KCPNL and Ameren are the only ones that we can really look at and say this is what we know historically is how MIA works. Right. And that has evolved. And that has evolved. Right. So let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So when we looked at KCPNL now Evergy's proposal as Renew Missouri, we liked it a lot. It had a very good budget. It <clears throat> proposed to cut back on capacity. How much they were like producing, how much people would be using, as far as power goes, we thought it was really great, right? But we thought they could do more.
1: (laughs) Well, well, so
0: yeah, so we have good reason for that. Two things: we
1: thought that one, we would like them to do more, and two, we anticipated some of the objections from the commission staff and from the office of public counsel about benefits to all customers and the level of customer participation yeah
0: so let's talk about let's let's get into that a little bit okay so as a reminder office of public counsel my old gig tim's old gig i mean, I guess i was public counsel you were a deputy public counsel what do we call it you were like you were a lawyer for the public counsel office that's how we got to meet, and now that's why you got stuck here (laughs) <laughs> but uh, not really. But uh, um, so we okay, so that's a ratepayer advocate for the state, primarily focusing on residential customers, small business customers. Public Service Commission staff, just as a reminder, you have the commission. They're the ones who make the decisions on this. But the staff is this large body of regulators, auditors, economists, engineers, et cetera, that are supposed to be neutral. They're supposed to be balancing the interest of the public versus the interests of the utilities per their belief about what they're supposed to be doing, and they're considered separate from the commission. So they have concerns, and their concerns come down to, there's a couple of concerns, you mentioned them. One, is every customer going to participate in this, or are they going to see the benefit from this, from these programs?
1: They they focused very much on the statutory language and the decisions from the cycle two, which talked about the earnings opportunity portion of it. Right. Um, and really put an emphasis on the value of avoided costs in that whole process.
0: Okay. Because avoided costs, I mean, that's, I mean, that's not complicated. When you're saying, like, well, to do this, what, are they, what costs are they avoiding by engaging in MIA and doing these demand-side energy efficiency programs?
1: Right. And so I guess to go back to the history of it. So in the first cycle, we still had a sort of a three-legged stool related to cost recovery for MIA yeah. programs. Yeah. And they could still recover program costs. Yep. They got a throughput disincentive. They called it the TDNSB in that cy- in those cycles where it was looking at deemed savings. Oh really my gosh!
0: Could you say what TD? What
1: what is that throughput disincentive net shared benefits model?
0: Okay. So keep in mind here, I'm trying to like rem- uh, this is all like lots of alphabet soup here and everything else. So I'm going to stop you every once in a while because you are like you know this you know this statute better than almost anybody else working in the state, frankly. So I just wanna make sure we're keeping it real. So
1: in cycle one, they had the, the TD NSB mechanism and then a, rather than an earnings opportunity, they called it a performance incentive. Yeah. And so if the company met certain metrics, either spending or energy savings levels based on these deemed savings, they would get a percentage of the net shared benefits. You're doing
0: these quotation, air quotation. So
1: should I well, be that's, saying I'm calling you're
0: that, doing deemed, that? I'm calling that. We deemed, don't have a visual element yet to this podcast.
1: No, well, my my gesticulation is unimportant to the to the narrative here. Okay. So. <laughs> you're what? <laughs> when you talk with your hands. Okay. Right? <laughs> Gesticulating.
0: Yeah. You're very animated. I get excited about this. Uh, you're, you're a very excited so, boy. So, yes. cycle one.
1: Uh, <laughs> cycle one happened. Yeah. Um, cycle two applications came down when I had just transitioned to Office of Public Counsel. Right. And since I was the newest attorney there, I was assigned all of the... Things that nobody else wants. Because everyone do. hates this. <laughs> uh, it's relatively new and complicated, so I was. Literally,
0: this is no joke. I, I want to. I just want to tell this funny story. When I became public counsel, and I did not do that job for very long. But we were in the middle of cycle two, and I started asking someone questions about it, and somebody in the office, it was Jeff Mark, said, "It's really complicated. Don't worry about it." <laughs> so I literally was told by. The staff of public counsel, like even though this was like a huge filing and a huge proposal, like we got it under control. Well, hundreds of
1: millions of dollars. Yeah,
0: this is a. Yeah, but that's like why it should have been like more important, right? Like I should have been like more aware of it, but I was literally Jeff
1: and I took care of it. you.
0: Took care of it. That's true. And I literally we had all this other stuff going on with the legislature and with over-earning complaints that I didn't have a lot of time to dig into the weeds of Mia. But that's just a funny story. So in, sure. <laughs> so in
1: that cycle too, yes. Office of Public Counsel and I think the commission staff as well raised some concerns about deem savings. We said, you know, you're getting too much money for these yeah. savings that aren't necessarily materializing. So that was an issue, and we said we need to reevaluate your performance incentive, yeah, and better align it with the statute that says value these demand side investments equal to supply side investments. Okay, right. And to do that, we looked at their IRP and said, "Okay, what is your their integrated
0: resource plan? That like lays out plan. like kind of the next 20 years of what they're supposed to do with the resources, which by law they're required to file every 3 years, triannually,
1: triannually they file an annual update unless they get a waiver. Unless they get a waiver. Yeah. Right. Okay. Continue. <laughs> so, you looked at their IRP. So so yeah, that's how we would value their earnings opportunity and, okay. again, their avoided costs. Right. Um, really looking at that was we were trying to say, okay, if you have an energy efficiency program and you're spending this money that you're collecting from ratepayers, what value are they getting? Right. And our position at the time was, well, you need to show that you're going to avoid building new generation or defer. When you say uh, avoid, you talk talking about like new
0: power plants to make. A CT
1: unit or right. something else, right? Yeah. Like if you're experiencing customer growth or... People are maybe transitioning to electric vehicles in the future. Oh, Um,
0: because we're not experiencing a lot of customer growth right now in Missouri, anywhere. Safe to say.
1: Well, we've got that steel facility and
0: uh, Ooh, that's true. Yeah.
1: No, at the <laughs> time of cycle 2, Naranda had just gone under, so Ameren had oh God, uh, that was another big case, James.
0: Funny story, my first day as public counsel and I know, and like I've always said that I mean we I've meant to like do kind of an oral history of like how utility policy became so political in the state, and it kind of it starts with Naranda. Naranda, kind of Tim, I know I can't see you gesticulate your face on that statement. Oh, that's, I guess that's well, not Utility
1: it. policy has been political since 1913,
0: right? But it got hyper political okay. with Naranda. And Naranda was this huge aluminum smelter plant in southeast Missouri. And it filed for bankruptcy literally the first day I started as public counsel. Fun fact. So anyway, well, it, Miranda, wasn't your, it wasn't your fault. I didn't do it. Of market, no, that's market right. <laughs> market
1: forces at play. Things had been set in motion long before you arrived there. Yeah. Okay. In there. That's right. right. But that is.
0: But like every time I hear Miranda, I get like this phantom pain. <laughs> like I'm just. I think. Oh my gosh, that was such a nightmare. And I mean, and really, it was like in, Jay Nixon's last year as governor, and it was like one of those things that he was trying to keep open. That was a big thing for him, and it just fell apart. Anyway. Yes. Naranda, the thing that's important about Naranda was they use a lot of power. I think at some point they were using like 10% of the power that Ameren produced. Ten or, yeah. It was a massive a amount of power. A lot of power. Right, okay. More than a lot. most cities in the state. Uh, yeah, keep in mind that like I think Ameren has like what, 2.1 million customers? 1.2 million. 1.2, okay. So let <laughs> I me mean, check myself for dyslexia. Because uh, I think I do that literally all the time. They were using 10% of power being made for 1.2 million people, customers, in, in essence. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, so Naranda was going on. Naranda was an issue while Cycle 2 was going on. So, they, right? yeah, okay.
1: so Cycle 2, Ameren had <laughs> lost this huge purchaser, purchaser of its power. Right. right. So they didn't need to avoid any additional generation because they had so much extra. Yeah. Like, in part due to Naranda
0: shutting down and like right. seven or 800 people <coughs> losing their jobs
1: very devastating to
0: that part of the state very and maybe. you i mean well danielle that's the part of the state you're from mm-hmm. yeah yeah you I mean you know noranda pretty well i bet i do maybe we should have maybe we do an oranda episode and we'll have you as a guest mm, we'll see okay we'll we'll put that down to talk about at the staff meeting all right so so <laughs> we we had at
1: that time looked at the statute and we looked at the rules and said, well, we want to address this problem with the deem savings. Yep. So we want stronger EM&B, so they're being paid for, not for projections of energy savings, but for only energy savings that they're actually demonstrating they caused.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: That was a kind of complicated way of saying that.
0: Yeah, could we, <laughs> I was gonna say like, I was trying to think of like how to break that down. So that, that they down. get
1: paid only for the revenue they lost. Okay, Right.
0: right, that's easier to say.
1: And along with that, we yeah. said we want this valued more appropriately for your performance incentive, and we should call it an earnings opportunity. Okay. So we really relied heavily on avoided cost and the integrated resource plan to look at that. Okay. So that case went to a hearing. The commission rejected Ameren's cycle two. In the interim, we reached an agreement with KCPL yeah. for their cycle two that was along the lines of what we later agreed for Amron cycle two.
0: Yeah, because eventually we did eventually Amer got their cycle 2, KCPL got their cycle 2 and it went through this huge kind of that was a prolonged process as well. Safe to say.
1: Right. Yeah. And so after that, we've had our couple years go by and then those programs are about to expire. Yep. So 3-year cycles by
0: the way. 3-year cycles. Right. I right, so just they, make sure this clear because we're talking about cycle 2 was all being dealt with in 2016. That was when all those were kind of happening. So we get ready, gear up for yeah. these uh, new filings. Because we think we've got some pre- of all this stuff figured
1: out. <laughs> and uh, things are still, if we apply the Cycle 2 sort of commission orders as the staff and as the OPC viewed it. Yep. The companies are still long on capacity. They still have all sorts of extra power. Which means that they're making
0: power that they're not necessarily selling to Missouri customers. And they, or they have the ability to do that. Or they right? have the ability to do right. it. Yeah. Okay. So because when we say capacity, that's what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Okay. So
1: they have their filings and they structure it, you know, very robust programs good-sized budgets, trying for six-year cycles, and the staff and OPC object, and they say, look, you don't really need... There's no value to all of the other right. customers in this right. because you're not avoiding constructing any imminent combined cycle units or you're not shutting down anything any sooner because of these yeah. programs. Yeah, so their
0: basic argument... I mean, I'm, I'm trying to boil this down as much as possible. is like, look, you don't need to... You don't need to, to do these energy efficiency programs to save anyone any money. Well... That's really simple. <laughs> to save non-participants any
1: money. Because if you participate in a MIA program, you're going to save
0: money. But That's right. Okay, so in the, in the people that are – first of all, like large-scale industrial and commercial people aren't even, like, participating in this at all. They're, they they're, can They, they can't. But then most of them opt out. Most of them opt out. Right, which they, in the law, they can do that. Right. Right. So, so then you're talking about, like, yes, residential customers. And uh, this is important, too, and Andrew's not here – Andrew's kind of the guru on this. He has really focused on the low-income programs that are proposed in these MIA programs. We represent the National Housing Trust on that as well, in addition to Renew Missouri, and those those usually are relatively uncontroversial. Do you agree with that assessment, the low-income programs?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, so as an example, Yeah. for Ameren, cycle three, they had asked for six-year programs, yep. right? Mm. Including for their low-income. Right. And when we settled that case and it was approved, the parties all agreed that the low-income programs, for the sake of continuity and in light of the fact that people don't really challenge them, those would be able to be approved for six years. Everything else is three years.
0: Uh, Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And Andrew's focus has been on that. Those, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of success in making sure those are well-funded, that they are robust, uh, that people have advantage and access to those. All right so having said that the issue then comes up that if you're like say not a customer that's defined by law as low income and you're kind of one of these residential customers who's not engaged in getting any kind of media related demand side programs there's a question from the public service commission staff and the office of public council is like what are they getting a benefit for right Right. And so yeah. that brings it
1: back to the cycle 3 case yes. where we came up with additional proposals to address those to preempt their concerns to say, well, you're saying not everybody is getting a benefit right. and there's not enough participation. Like so pace. say we want to increase participation yeah. in order to have more customers realize the benefits and in doing so we think that will broaden the benefits realized by all customers, right. even those non-participating.
0: And that included pays. Pays you save. Which as I said, we have done a podcast on that before. Mark Casey, who's the president of the Washita Electric Cooperative, he's general manager of the Washita Electric Cooperative in Arkansas, in the Delta Arc of Arkansas, a very poor area. He came up and testified on behalf of Renew Missouri talking about why this program was good there we I, I think we'll try to share that podcast with this as well so i won't recount it but in essence what pays is it is an on-bill financing program where basically if you get an audit done on your prop on your on your house or your apartment they will decide what needs to be improved to make your house more efficient or your apartment more efficient but that's got to show that but in the utility company will front that money and then you pay it back through your bill and the bill has to be lower than it would have been had you not done this. Plus you gotta pay a little bit of interest and administrative costs and everything else. But the great thing about it is, especially for low income customers, is it doesn't require a credit check and it also doesn't follow you along, around. It like stays with your meter, it stays at that place. It stays in the place where you're going to see the benefit for it. So if you move, the next tenant pays it. Right. Everyone keeps wanting to call it a loan. It's not alone. By the way, there are people that are supportive of us and groups that we work with that still refer to it as alone. And if you're listening to this, if I hear you call it alone again, I'm going to get a ruler and like you know, hit you in the knuckles with it. <laughs>
1: Take you out in the hallway.
0: That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so that's what pays it. And yes, and we, and that was something. And by the way pays is something that you and i have been talking about since we were at the office of public council where that organization supported pays and so that being a consumer ratepayer advocate office and us being more considered like an environmental group the fact that we were aligned on this and we're still aligned. and still aligned on it is unique it's unique that consumer groups and environmental groups are this adamant about these proposals I mean, I, yeah.
1: I mean, this and customer charge staying low are about the only things we agree Yeah, with. that's
0: right. Okay, so that's why we proposed Pays. We also had our good friend Jeff Mark on here, who is the economist for Office of Public Council. He also proposed this urban heat island mitigation program that he had worked on. We came out in support of that. That did not get put into the order yesterday, but Pays did. Right, so... I mentioned
1: very early on that Mia is voluntary, right? You did. Subject to.
0: When this podcast started three hours ago, you the, did. Okay. Subject to the commission's
1: uh, <laughs> approval. Yes. And they can evaluate these programs, right? Right. So the commission, in its order yesterday, said, we're going to approve this program. Right. I think it's about $95 million of program budget. I think yeah. It's three years. I think it's 185 megawatts of projected energy savings. Yeah. So a huge program. Which is
0: not insignificant as far as, like, saving power, folks. Saving
1: power, saving burning fuel. Yeah. So it's a good deal. It's a great deal. But they said, as a condition, you have to offer a PAYS tariff, a pilot program. Yeah. We advocated for And when we say tariff,
0: that's the legal document that underlies your bill. That, like, is, like, what is... Yeah, it basically says here's what you're paying for and everything else. It's
1: your obligation to the utility and the utility's obligation to you. Bingo. Okay. So the commission said, we're approving this, but you have to do this. Yeah. So to be determined,
0: the, by the, the way, utility could theoretically say, now we don't want to do that. Because, by the way, the utility did not, they fought this. They, they said they didn't want to do it. They me. didn't want to do it. And they they called it a loan. They said, we're not a bank. We don't want to do this. I mean, they had, I mean, look, we talked to them. And and look, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Evergy really thinks outside of the box. They're very good on these things. I was a little surprised that they were so resistant to this. Truthfully, I was.
1: Yeah, particularly since we're seeing uh, Amarin Missouri on the eastern side of the oh. state making moves towards it, doing it and, voluntarily. And we've got Empire explicitly saying that they're intending to look at this in their MIA
0: filing. Yeah, filings. which by the way I should point out, the only reason this made sense to do this with this filing is because at some point the Public Service mm-hmm. Commission ordered Evergy, KCP and L, to look at this and evaluate this as part of their uh, as part of their next MIA case,
1: which they did. All three of all, all four of our electric IOUs oh boy
0: mm-hmm. can we just say evergy's one to make this less complicated <laughs> they are uh,
1: they're like the Trinity they're three two parts one body right we <laughs> uh, go <laughs> they've got their Kansas operations too now they
0: yeah that's true so uh, it's gotten more complicated even more so than it needed it to be but go ahead now I've lost my now mind. you're talking about the Trinity oh my God uh, brought religion okay. into this everyone's gonna be mad at us well you know it's the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe today is it yes Good. I don't think Episcopalians, like, recognize that. Sorry. Well, it's to each their own. To each their own. I'm not here to dictate uh, who, we, who or when you worship. I mean, don't or worry. If. There's a lot of people who say it's not even a real religion. So, uh, so, go, so anyway, yeah. what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pays.
1: Pays. So all of the investor-owned utilities performed a study, yes. a feasibility study. And yes. all of the studies came back and said, yeah, this is feasible and it's good. It's going to cause savings and it's going to save people money. Right. And save energy.
0: Yeah, so they actually had something that they could hang their hat on and say, you should do this. And even then, KCP and L, now Evergy, said, ah, we don't want to do it. And, I mean, ultimately, what they wanted, and this gets back to this, they basically wanted what Amarin got. And Ameren wasn't required to do this as part of their MIA Cycle 3. Although, again, to remind everyone, Ameren is pursuing this voluntarily. We have a big meeting about that tomorrow. Am I supposed to talk about that? Sure, okay. Well... We'll look into what it, it out if we have to, but there. But Ameren is pursuing this. Liberty Empire said they're looking at it, and now KCP and L, even though they were opposed to it in their in their in their filings and their briefs and everything else, now the the uh, the PSC has said they need to do it as part of MIA.
1: Right, and importantly, the PSC didn't go as far as we advocated for to That's say right. this is a permanent program that you right. have to do. Right, But they did approve a, they said, KCPL, if you're going to have a MIA, you have to do a one-year pilot at least. And they have to do that within the next three years. The next three years, they have 60 days to file their tariff. So yep. there is still some behind-the-scenes work that has to be done. Right. Because they outline the things that they want to see in the program. Yeah. But Man. other than Philip Frisica's
0: testimony, there wasn't... Ooh, new Missouri's Philip Missouri's. Frisica. <laughs> Kansas City office. There's Yeah, the Kansas City director, Philip Forsica, yes. Other See than his he... testimony,
1: the tariffs, um, which <laughs> his will have to be tweaked yeah. to accomplish what the commission's order says. That's right.
0: So, yeah, so, I mean, basically, even though, as we've said a couple of times now, MIA is voluntary, if they want to do this, they have to do this. And the minimum budget they have to spend is $10 million. It can be as much as 15000000 million. We've calculated very crudely that could be almost up to 2,500 customers right. that, they, that that could have an advantage to. And here's the other thing. Folks, utility companies going to really make money off of this. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what's amazing about this to me and to their opposition is because this is going to make them, this has the potential to make them some money. It's not oodles and gobs of money. It's not the, the money that they'd be talking about when you look at the media program overall and you look at Cycle 3 overall, which is a significant amount of money and a significant amount of reduction to power being generated. But it still is. But to me, I think as long as you see capacity, you know, demand going down, as long as you see like plants being retired, energy efficiency and an ability for utility companies to make money off of those programs is going to become increasingly more important. Right. And so that when we look at how they make money off of that, PAYS, to me, seems like a logical way of doing it. So while we now have this order, we still have to do a lot of work to make sure it's done correctly. We have to make sure that the utility is doing it in a way that's consistent with the order. And, I mean, that's going to be a number of things. They could do it internally. They could have a third party doing it. I mean, so there's going to be a lot because PAYS, another thing. It's registered as a trademark. That's like a, that's like a concept. I mean, so you can do this, and it's, if it's not through certain providers, it's not Pays, even though it's Pays-like. Because I think Hawaii has something called GEMS, which is like Pays, it's, but not... It's a similar on-tariff yeah. financing mechanism. Yeah. We call it off-brand Pays. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Aldi's Pays. The, the multi-meal version. Of <laughs> that's that. right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is not to say it's not good. It's just to say it's, uh, like, uh, we would say pays. We talk about pays a lot, but that's a very specific term. That's right. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, they could be doing something that would be, it's either going to be pays or it's going to be pays-ish. Well, the order says pays. The so order says pays. So they should be doing pays. They should be doing pays. And if you're listening to our people who work in that, yes, we want them to do pays. So that got that got done yesterday. Now, people could still appeal this. Yes, Tim Opitz? For, uh, it's you have to
1: file your rehearing before the effective date. A motion date, for rehearing. Which would be, the effective date of this order is January 1 of 2020.
0: So that picks up where cycle two will end. That's the idea.
1: Right. So if they file a rehearing, the commission can deny it or take it up. Right. I don't know who would, but somebody may.
0: Yeah. Doesn't happen very often. Right. It's really just a procedural thing to... You have to do it before you can file an appeal with the court of appeals. Right, and then th-
1: there's there's a, some circumstances where motions for clarification are taken yeah. up by the commission sure. because these are complicated issues. I mean, this is a
0: thirty some odd page. It's a thirty page order.
1: report. Yeah, um, some of the rate case orders are hundred and twenty pages. Yeah, and the evidentiary record is thousands of pages. Yeah, so it's hard to shrink that down into 30 its essence. Pages. Right. Yeah. Um so sometimes we need
0: more clarification from the commission. Yeah. So we're happy about this. We're happy about this. I mean we should be I mean everybody, listen, you should be thrilled with this. And I mean, this is my final plug on this is like, all right, we're doing our year in appeal. We have been working on this for years. Literally, we can't work on this stuff unless we have lawyers. We can't work on this stuff unless we have witnesses. We can't work on this unless we got someone that's like constantly watching on the PSD and making sure this is being done right. That support comes from you, our podcast world listeners. (laughs) So go to the renewmo.org and hit that donate button. Tim, any parting thoughts? From you. We didn't get into it very much because
1: we were focused on the pays aspect of Do I have food on
0: my face? Is that what we didn't get into? But the order
1: also talks about how they're going to evaluate the avoided cost. And the commission said, we're going to look at a market-based approach because that's the best way to evaluate supply-side investment equal to demand-side investment. So
0: it's not just going to be looking at the utility. It's going to be looking at the regional marketplaces they deal with. Is that what you mean? Right. So yep. they're going to look
1: at, the commission says it's going to direct the parties to use the average of bids G Missouri West received for capacity in 2017 for purposes of calculating avoided cost. Mm. So it's sort of moving away from the IRP method of looking at this oh, a little bit. Oh,
0: interesting. Okay. I think
1: it'll make it a lot more attractive for companies like Empire, who yep. have traditionally been long on capacity and not needed anything. And by the
0: way, much smaller as far as like who they serve. I mean, they serve under 200,000 customers, whereas uh, KCP&L, Evergy, and their different utilities that are under that umbrella have like, what, eight, nine 900,000 customers, something like that? On the Missouri side. On yeah. the Missouri side. And now you've got... But they don't have this in... They have a law in Kansas called KIA, but they don't have anything going on there because it's been rejected by the Kansas Corporation Commission or the KCC. It's
1: it's been rejected. I think there was a time where the KCC had said, we approve a program under these conditions that the company found unacceptable. So there's been a couple different iterations. Okay,
0: but I think that if this approach is, is done, that might be used to make an argument that that should be done in Kansas as well. Safe to say. We don't have any insight on that, but hint, we might be getting involved with those cases. It would be...
1: <laughs> I think it would make sense for them. I mean, if they yeah. can, if they can get the value of a CT unit, which would be more than the market-based bids approach, harder to demonstrate that they CT that unit? Combustion turbine.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Tim.
1: Sorry for the alphabet soup. That's okay.
0: That one's smaller. It's only two letters. Of course
1: they're going to ask for the, <laughs> the, the more money. Right? Of course. But whether the the Kansas Commission or the Missouri Commission grants that. Yeah. You know, that's a different story. That's a different story. But, yeah, but moving to this approach, I think, is makes it a lot easier for a company like Empire to move forward with the MIA program. Uh, it will avoid some of the fights that we saw with Ameren and with KCPL, just <clears throat> it resolves that fight. So I think it's good, and it will. Pro- it shows the evolution of how MIA is applied Yeah. make sure all customers get savings and all customers get benefits, and the utility is still encouraged to do it. And in cycle four, we'll probably see some. Maybe we'll go back to the
0: IRP method, mm. depending on the adoption of electric Oh vehicles. my gosh! I hope we get a little Who bit knows? Of a break from so. uh, <laughs> from Mia for uh, for a little bit. Actually, we probably won't because Empire will probably come in pretty soon. At least that's what they're telling us. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, we'll keep working. Like I said, we got pretty smart people around here.
1: Yeah, and and you know I've heard. Rumblings that maybe there will be gas efficiency, you know, that could Ooh, move forward. Yeah, stay Usually. tuned on that one.
0: Yeah, there there has been talk of adding gas to the Mia uh, statute, which I don't know what you'd call it then. I guess it's still energy efficiency, but they but the, like Spire, Amaran Gas, they could be taking advantage of that if that got added, and they could be doing Mia for their gas components. So. Yeah, if it made sense. It's not been filed yet. We started seeing pre-filing legislation on December 3rd. That was last Monday and nothing. I mean, we don't really have a lot of utility related stuff. We have some anti-pay stuff and we have some anti-grain belt stuff. Uh, those are the same topics that we dealt with. <laughs> it literally feels like last week I was dealing with this at the legislature, but it was five months ago. But we're going to be seeing that back again. Lucky us. So, I, but I've not seen anything about energy efficiency been filed yet, even though we know there's going to be there's going to be some new things that are going to be proposed. People are interested in saving money, boy, and making money, and making. Money. <laughs>
1: Two, two sides of the same coin. I
0: yeah, guess. I know. Like, uh, you know, they say a penny saved is a penny earned, M.O. opitz Ben
1: Franklin,
0: maybe? I think they just made that up. You made that I, up? I did. Okay. That's mine. All that's right. me. Okay. So, folks, that's Mia in a nutshell. That's the big news from yesterday. We're really excited about this. We hope that you were able to kind of, you know, learn about this. And if you think this is interesting or you think that you know someone who would care about this, Share this podcast on your social media networks. Go subscribe to this on iTunes or Spotify. Yeah, um, thanks. I was thinking you're gonna say Stitcher, but that's like another service that we're not on. And you know, and then write a review if it's positive, don't write a negative review because that doesn't help us. But also, did I mention give us money, please? We are using it, we are making a difference. Uh, I think the Pays program, Tim, and I'm trying to oversell this. I think this is really. A big deal for Missouri
1: it's going to be an additional 15 million dollars in efficiency spending that's yeah. a big deal yeah for the for the several years of work we did on it yeah I think that's a, a good investment if you' it's going, a good if start you, if you want, <laughs> if you want a return on your investment in renewable energy and energy efficiency yeah find no place better than
0: New Missouri uh, that's right I mean if you want to see these policies go into effect we are making a difference so make a difference for us. What was I going to say? I can't remember. Was I going to make an Ernest P. World joke to, um, Ernest Saves Christmas? Ernest Saves it? Mia? Ernest
1: Saves Mia? Ernest Saves Mia? P.S.C. Saves Mia? The P.S.C.
0: Saves Christmas! P.S.C. Saves Christmas. So we want to thank the commission for that. And until next time...